Today's podcast is brought to you by drinkers like you. To help support the show, visit patreon.com slash have a drink show. Okay, why is this bottle green? That's like the worst kind of bottle for beer. You know that, right? Who in their right mind would... Oh, dear. Oh, no. We can't be doing that. We can't. Anything but that. Fine. I guess we'll talk about a brewery called Heineken today. I mean... They couldn't have stayed around this long if it was that bad. So settle in, grab a drink, provided it isn't skunked, and join us as we have a drink. Welcome to Have a Drink, the show where you learn along with us about what you drink. I'm Brittany Lee Walker. I'm Justin Frazier. I'm Christopher Walker. And I'm Casey Price. Oh. <laughs> yes, you may have heard his dulcet tones from the from the intro. I thought we weren't going to draw attention to it. Yeah, I was going to say, I thought we were just going to play along like nothing <laughs> That's happened. That's fine. I couldn't help it. I'm excited. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. So, uh, the... Our our usual uh, how's everyone been doing thing has been kind of low key recently. It's like we've never been doing anything. Some of us are doing nothing for certain reasons. <laughs> some uh, some but, of us have potentially been exposed. Some of us are legitimately quarantined. Well, let's we'll, we'll start. The, so, Justin, okay, quarantine is a different. Justin, <laughs> how are you doing? How many days have you not been allowed to leave? I've and, been and tell everyone why. I've been in self isolation for five days. According to my doctor, uh, because one of my coworkers was a presumptive positive for uh, for the coronavirus, so they want me inside for two weeks to make sure no one else gets it. Which means my roommate has to stay home for two weeks <laughs> to make sure no one gets it. Uh, I work at a bank, so. I assume that probably factored into their calculations for should he stay home. They went, oh, you're going to see people every day and handle money. Yeah. And you stay home. <laughs> you you don't get to go any do, do anything. Yeah. The, the thing is, like. Which, in I, fairness, I've been training for this my whole life. <laughs> you say, all of us are like. You merely adopted the quarantine. I was born to it. <laughs> yeah. Also, I like. I really hope that people realize. I mean, people are kind of realizing it, but like, cash is gross, <laughs> and this is kind of emphasizing that. Like any bill before, like made after, uh, made between like 1970 and 1990, like, has a thin layer of cocaine on it, <laughs> pretty much. So um, it's to be said. Uh, we've we've talked about him in the past, but a uh, great friend of the show won't say his name. We've probably said it before. But uh, he uh, had an organ transplant and basically has a suppressed immune system because of this. 
And I think he's been out of work because of, you know, the disgustingness of money and being with, you know, face-to-face with people, what, two months now already? Like, as soon as they were like, and it's in Washington State. He was just told work. He's like, yeah, no, I'm not coming in anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Someone someone tried to tell me, like, oh, this isn't that bad. I mean, what's the worst that could happen? And I got, like legitimately mad at them and <laughs> had to like because like i have to work in a customer service experience and so i have to do my best not to pummel them to death <laughs> yeah i have to go look there's a lot of people out there and a lot of them have different needs and you have to try to help them as well you're not only worried about yourself can you get that for me <laughs> yeah i and aside from our friend like my my dad after the going through the um uh the cancer his immune system is also not in the best shape <laughs> so uh that and and you know he's in the age range as well to be worried about it so it's my dad same way thing. he's in the age range he's had heart surgery like what six months ago mm, yeah that's true so it's just like uh, we're all, we're all gonna be a bunch of fonzies <laughs> so so have you been following our own advice from the last episode about uh, how you're handling things? Are you, did you go back and listen to find things you need to read and watch? And I, I've, I've dove down into my video games and my TV watching. And uh, been, there was one thing I meant, missed to mention, which was uh, uh, setting up D&D games. Been doing a lot of those. Hmm. I wonder how, how popular Roll20 is right now. <sighs> hmm. Like, <laughs> just... Okay, I did try using a different system for some other friends of mine, and it worked. But I'm looking at it going, look, there's a lot of nice bells and whistles here, but it's it's trying to be too hard by half. Like we could oh. you could get this done faster and simpler. Uh, yeah, sometimes you don't need the bells and whistles. But uh, uh, well, that said, roll twenty has some bells and whistles. I don't use them. I'm too lazy to set up sure. dynamic lighting. <laughs> Look, fog of war is enough. That's some of us. Oh. That's flashy enough. Oh, I feel like we're being oh, raided. Oh God. By... oh God. No, we're not ready for such pressure. So with such pressure on the line. Let's kick it on around to what we've been doing to Casey price. Uh, the proprietor of a brewery who, uh, if you've not been keeping up, there have been some hard times for breweries, especially in the state of Kentucky, where there's a stay-at-home in place. Well, a, a healthy-at-home. Healthy yeah. at home. Healthy at yes. home, everybody. Not shelter-in-place. Healthy-at-home. We are healthy-at-home in this state, and <laughs> alcohol is very much a part of being healthy-at-home in the state of Kentucky. Yeah. Well, I didn't know that alcohol was considered a, a life requirement. Essential. Yeah. It is yeah. essential. And so uh, I think our governor and our state really understands that if they try to take away the guns or the alcohol, there would be a mutiny. Yeah, yeah, that's that's not a good time. (laughs) Can you not have bourbon? bourbon? Can you not have bourbon in the state of Kentucky? Well, considering output of bourbon is now up to uh, two barrels of bourbon per resident of the state of Kentucky. We're still trying to figure out how to redeem these barrels. I want my barrel. Who's the who's the coupon holder? If, yeah. <laughs> uh, look, if I get my barrel, everyone that just raided us gets gets into that barrel. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> exactly. So, Casey, uh, for everyone who just showed up, uh, why don't you tell them all about uh, the establishment in which you are brewmaster? How how do you want to? Yeah, uh, brewmaster sounds so fancy. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, it really doesn't matter what the what the title is at this point. I make the beer. Um, <laughs> chief, chief uh, hookup artist. I don't know hookup poses. Um, so you wear those sexy overalls. I do. I'm I'm bringing what what we call it. Uh, oh, I I want to. I'm bringing overalls back, but we had a phrase for it, and I can't remember what. It. Bringing country back. <laughs> no, not hardly. Uh, we'll have to uh, trademark it. Whatever we we figure out that yeah. phrase. Um, but anyways, so we've we've been of course doing all tap room business for uh, the past like six months, and then this hits. So now we're pivoting our business a little bit um, to do a little bit more. We had of course already looked into canning. Um, we had bought some of the equipment it takes to actually make the seams, uh, but we had just maybe dipped our toes in the water. This kind of really forced our hand to, to jump up on that. And, and so today I was labeling cans. Um, we labeled, I don't know, somewhere around 104 packs today, uh, filled about that many a um, couple days ago over a few hours. So uh, we're, we're in that stage where we, we really can't afford to put in $40,000 for the small scale, even the small scale candy machines are 30, 40,000. Um, so we're hand canning, which is fun. Uh, everybody chips in though, and so it's kind of nice to to kind of put real hands on work all the way through. I'm thinking we could probably can an entire batch in about six hours. So I, I'm say, torn between want to make a joke about yeah, put those real hands. I'm just picturing like like ghost, like you're <laughs> you're just sitting there like you're hearing Unchained Melody, just like yeah, label well, this beer. So that's it. When this was, when we were all joking about this years ago when the show first started for the ladders, we all mm-hmm. had the intentions of being there when this kind of stuff was happening. But, you know, we have orders from the governor to not travel. We can't be there to help with this. And it, I, just, I want you to know it really hurts us. But if we could, we would be doing it. Bob would be putting the labels on and I'd be behind him, <laughs> sensually bringing my hands in over his as we're putting the labels on. <laughs> We'll have plenty more, I'm sure. It's not like this is the first batch or the only batch. Um, in fact, we we just canned our our wheat beer, our orange wheat beer, and we canned our flagship blonde. Um, hopefully, this week coming, I've got a New England IPA we're canning and a Mosaic IPA, American IPA we're canning, and then a blueberry lager that we'll be canning soon after that. So, um, for the next little bit at least, everything that we make is probably going to go in a can. So um, could could we? So it's also uh, in the works that Kentucky might be getting to where you can order alcohol and have it shipped out of state. So for some of the people who just raided us, maybe maybe you can get a a, a Diamond Club beer on the on the DL that they could order and get shipped to their house. Add it to the the can art. Yeah, you use some sort <laughs> of uh, uh, use coupon code Diamond to check out and get. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or, or inside joke, coupon code jelly beans <laughs> for those who went to that nerdacular. Mm. <laughs> jelly beans or delatters. Yeah. yeah, man, Casey, if you had a site and I could put in coupon code delatters, I'd be like, okay, that's, we, that's how you know. Our point of sale system just skittles. Sorry, skittles, skittles, skittles. That's what it was. Um, our point of sale system just um, they they fast tracked their online purchasing system. 
So hopefully we'll be able to load that in soon and see what its capabilities are and, and go from there. I really like our POS. It was built. It's not, I mean, square, you could do whatever retail you want. These folks were built for a craft brew business and a beer bar specifically. So square square is uh, you're going to fit this square peg into whatever hole you can cram it into. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's not wrong. actually. (laughs) All right. uh, Well, it's nice to hear. I mean, you guys, how long have you all been open? Six months? So, uh yeah right 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 at six months i think still, yeah, so we're gonna be able to keep going so that's five months and then this hits and it's just like oh. <laughs> yeah I, I just like face palms that's we've been spitballing around here it's like how many cincinnati breweries are gonna close because the like the steam picked up with breweries opening around here we're like we were encroaching mm-hmm. on 70 some in the area and that's why i was like eh, when this is done i bet about half close and we you know of course hillbilly days is our local festival so i mean we had some plans of things we we're lucky enough, but also planned well enough to not be in debt over this. We're not, uh, we had cash reserves. So, I mean, it's something that we're going to make it through. Um, it's not when is, most when is Silver Day supposed to happen. Um, like two weeks. Okay. Okay. Wow. I'm just trying to remember. Cause like, all I know is I'm sure my dad was like, I don't have to hose down urine off the sides of walls. Yeah. He probably still won't, but. You know, well, it, it might okay, be he's still working. Oh, wow, yeah. The every part of the business back home is shut down, but he is in there going, like, What are you gonna do? Well, I guess since no one's here, I can I can repaint all of the theater. Mm. <laughs> oh, wow, that's so that's, that's what I've been that's seeing. What, a lot that's what 60 year old men want to do. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, uh, that's a good moment for us to transition to what we've been doing. So, I am not enjoying life at the moment. Uh, <laughs> me and Brittany both work for a uh, waste, 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 waste and recycling company. Yeah, waste and recycling. And I'm on a different end than the service end. Well, I'm, I kind of ride along on the service end usually, but I've been put to work from home. There are other things I can do office-related from home, but all daycares are closed as well. And we have a small child that's a year and a half. So I get to play childcare during the day, and then as soon as Brittany gets home, I get to hop on the computer and clock in and work until midnight, and then wake back up by five a.m. and take over childcare again. Loving it. Uh, that's <laughs> I might be slightly disheveled. I don't know if you you can see. Huh. I'm I am unclean. I am completely. Un, I haven't even trimmed my beard up. I haven't showered in days. I haven't combed my beard. I'm just sitting around in my get set go shirt that I've been wearing for a couple days and <laughs> just kind of gross. Yeah. I'm very much feeling it. I, I understand that completely. That's, it's very, very difficult to say, Oh, I'm going to get up in time to take a shower. Like I normally do when you could just go 15 minutes possibly into the other room. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's, Oh wow. I could get up an hour early and get that shower in. Like, or I could or? achieve five hours of sleep tonight. You have you have different concerns for me where I'm stuck here. If I if I reach up and I go oh, and then I go, oh, oh, it's shower time. <laughs> I, I can't I can't live like this. And I have to stretch a lot. My back's broken. <laughs> See, it works. Facts. It works yeah. for me that my son doesn't care what I smell like. The more I stink, the more he like snuggles in. The so more he's really... like, oh, it's, it's, it's extra dad. It's, yeah. it's dad. Yeah. Oh, I'm basking in dad's musk. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it, you know, it doesn't help when he's farting in your face anyway. So he doesn't <laughs> care. Yeah. But so, yeah, that's that's how I've been. Not well. Um, I took yesterday. Well, I, I took Friday off. So that would have been Friday yester- night. Friday night. I took <laughs> off. 
and I got 10 hours of sleep. I wow. felt really good most of the day. <laughs> it won't happen again. For I'm thinking every two weeks, I'll probably take a Friday off and sleep. And that's just, yeah. just how my, my days are going to be. But uh, me, and, me and Emmett get out a lot during the day, go for walks, go to the park, just kind of stretch our legs and go around. But what I was uh, relating back to, you were saying your dad's getting stuff done around the theater. And that's what I see a lot when we're out walking. Just a crap ton of people doing home improvement <laughs> and lawn people, maintenance. The business, like the small businesses that are shut down right now, they're all painting. They're all getting work done. It's like cool. Everyone's taking this time to do something productive. Yeah, yeah. And all the all the shops, like because we like where we live, it's all like cute little like everybody usually goes out on the it's, weekends. It's and hipster. Obviously, it's hipster right now town. you can't, but like everything is curbside pickup and delivery now. Like, everything. Like, I mean, very few things have actually just straight up closed for now, so. Before I was shut in, all I could think of, though, was like, look, I know it's really selfish, but I feel this this is what my life wants to be. <laughs> no one's allowed to get within six feet of me. But. Dude, I wish I could do that. I was going to say, not all of us are able to live that lifestyle. Some of us still have to go to work every morning. I, I, I used yeah. to, until... I've got another week. And since I'm not taking him to daycare now, I have because the I'm same... daycare. Yeah, because I have the same schedule that I used to have ages ago before child happened. Uh, so I'm at work at 6 a.m. and get off between 3 and 4 p.m. And uh, yeah, and I've, I can't even count the number of Skype meetings that I've had recently. <laughs> just like Skype and Teams meetings just all the time. And and I'm just like living in report. Like nothing has changed for me as far as at work is concerned, except that I'm like, there's like way more sanitizer, and I have to like Clorox my desk before and after I get there. Yeah, so that was basically me last week. Yeah. So. And and but you have to deal with like I at least get, I'm lucky enough that like my office is separated. Like you you don't have people open mouth coughing into your face. Yeah, basically. Um, Dry not coughing like. <laughs> We're not allowed to like congregate too much. Um, like nobody can like hang out in the break room for too long, that kind of thing. So um, it's it, so it's nice, but like I only I have my kind of my own office, sort of like I, I share like the the general space with my boss, but otherwise it's you know it's my own space. Um, so I, I, I guess I'm lucky in that regard. So like I'm already away from people like I would like to be anyway. <laughs> Okay. So, you know, just remember you're sharing space with your boss who had to self quarantine and then only he cut that off at like what 10 days? Um, after he being was, an idiot and flying and continuing to go on vacation, he after... was in Florida. Yeah. I, when, I was like, are you serious right now? Uh, but apparently he was told to stay home for seven days. So he was seven. Yeah. He was at the period of time that he was allotted or, or whatever. He was at the period of time where people were being completely stupid. Well, that's just that's a constant in life right now. <laughs> All right. So, but anyway, yes. Uh, speaking of staying at home, uh, we have some untapped say, I think, badges. I say, I think we have enough therapy. <laughs> Get riggedy, riggedy, Sorry for the venting. That was too. No, weeks it's work. fine. It just it just feels like it was a nice airing of grievances. It's time for Festivus. It is. <laughs> it is. With All me. right. Well, we've got some untapped badges here. Uh, one I've been using a whole lot of lately. Uh, untapped at home. You can play along at home. <laughs> Come drink along with our home game at Untapped at Home. In light of recent closures and efforts to limit social gatherings, we have been working in ways to help both businesses, uh, both businesses and ensure communities can stay safe as possible. 
Last week, we launched searchable lists of breweries, bars, tap rooms, and restaurants with ways to support them. I don't know why I'm talking like this. <laughs> Next on Movie Phone. <laughs> uh, tens of thousands of venues have been updated, and we're uh, and we're actively working on ways to continue to provide support to those in need. Check out to the uh, places offering beer delivery, gift cards, and more. Please don't read the whole thing. <laughs> uh, no, I'm not. I just kind of want to see how far I can go with that. But yeah, no, they are doing Untapped at home. You can you can check in at home uh, and still pretend that you're at the bar. Yeah, it's a it's a location thing. It'll probably be the first one up for you. It's like, hey, miss checking in wherever you're out drinking. You can mm-hmm. just check in at home. Yeah. Also, you sound you reminded me of the guy from uh, the second Home Alone movie, where the Donald Trump gu- guests of the oh God uh, guests of the Ding Ding, ding, ding Dong, dong. stay at uh, the Plaza, the Plaza Hotel. Hotel. We've seen the movie obviously way too much, but I, that's what it reminded me. You know me of. what? I may have seen that movie twice. Really? Oh, yeah. that's like the best You're one. robbing yourself of yeah, like no. a great Rob Schneider and Tim Curry. Tim uh, Curry's Tim fabulous. Curry is the only part of that I would agree with. Well, no, but, and the dude who plays uh, uh, Marv. Sorry, that whole dynamic. Anyway, well, okay. Look, like we're not counting repeat business. I mean, <laughs> uniqueness <Repeat> business. from. <laughs> okay. Uh, fair. Well, perhaps someone could uh, could listen though and heed the call. Indeed. Uh, and now I've just scrolled back up and everything. Um, <laughs> you just passed it. I know. My my scroll wheel just uh, decided to give up. Um, so 2020 brings two new releases uh, from New Holland, The Journey and Brewer's Best. <laughs> Wasn't The Journey the name of the, the, the Diamond, book? From... The Diamond Club thing? <laughs> 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 yeah. Uh, immediately as soon as I said it, I got the 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 picture of the cover in my I, head. I just pictured with, uh, who was, was on the cover was it T2 T2. Yeah. Uh okay. Uh the Journey series for New Holland is an innovative series of sour, wild, barrel-aged and exploratory beers inspired by a period of self-reflection and a renewed commitment. God, that really sounds like that book. <laughs> um, Again, just mountainside and T2T2's big neck beard smile and face. Smirking. It was like a big smirk. It was, it was, like, it was a smirk. It was like a shit-eating grin. Uh, each beer tells the story of their dedication to brewing with an open, creative, and transparent spirit. Uh, released in 500-milliliter bottles, the first release is The Call, a white sour ale Aged in uh, fooders with 3,500 pounds of raspberries, blackberries, and blueberries. That sounds delicious, but That's, I swear wow. that was a chapter name. <laughs> also, could, I kind of want to get... Casey, how much would it cost to get a fooder that can hold that much? And then <laughs> let me just go in there and eat Pac-Man style. Mm. That's <laughs> a good question. I mean, this how many how many gallons holds it? 3,500 pounds. 3,500 pounds. So it's... It's, 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 it's a pound... 42... Forty-two pounds for five gallons uh, for okay. purees, uh, and you said thirty-two hundred. Thirty-five hundred. Thirty-five hundred. You know what? I'm pretty heavy though, so let's say thirty-two hundred. Get my calculator out. <laughs> that works. Well, while you're doing that, I will say okay. So the badge goes until April twenty-eighth. So you have until the end of the month, basically. So 3,500 pounds divided by 42 is 83 containers times five gallons per container is 416 gallons. Wow. So five, 500 gallons? 
probably. Okay, mm-hmm. so that, 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 that's a with a little head food, food or big? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. not small. No, 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 no. no. Yeah. No. All right, well, you know what else isn't small? Waldo's special ale. We are coming around to uh, that special day again from Lagunitas in 1971. Waldo's met one afternoon at 4:20 near the statue of Louis Pasteur. Uh, the, they set out on a journey to find a secret garden. And though they never found that garden, they met there at the same time every day and continued their quest for the hidden treasure. The Waldo's special ale is brewed with help from the original Waldo's. It's the dankest. Eh, we did this last year. Um, it was you not can, the dankest. You can check out our dank off yeah. that we did last year. It was all four of us got together to do the dank off. And it, it did not win any of the categories, actually. Like, I think we did a, like, dankest smelling and, like, tasting. It, was it was it a stone one? That uh, was? A, uh, aroma went to uh, Hemperer from oh, yeah. Belgium. Yeah. And for dankest and flavor, it went to the stone drink by 420, or enjoy by 420, mm-hmm. which is also out. And I had to resist from buying a pack of that. <laughs> as well. But it's the dankest ever brewed from Lagunitas, and that's the brewery's been shut down several times for doing weed things, including just the feds coming in and finding crap tons of weed in the brewery. <laughs> but it's released every year around 420 to honor treasure hunters everywhere. Celebrate Lagunitas, the Waldos unlocking another Waldos special ale uh, secret badge. Check into one Lagunitas Waldo's special ale between April 5th and April 30th, and you will earn the Waldo's special ale badge. Though the secret badge is, it is to say, if you check into a Waldo's ale on 420 at 420, you get like 90 badges on a tap. <laughs> you, get, you get super badge. <laughs> <laughs> they just super fall badge. from the sky. Yeah. All right. Well, well uh, I guess well, we could also say before we transition, uh, go check out the news episode. Which was nice and fun because well, we were talking about COVID nineteen things that are happening to breweries, and we were talking about making wine at home in your instant pot. <laughs> and my theory is, do. my theory is, don't wash your instant pot and just let it season the wine. Some no. beef stew wine. So no, you could. <laughs> no, my thought. See, we we like to make uh, lasagna in our instant pot. So make a nice sherry after that. So you carry over some of those lasagna flavors into the sherry. I mean, if you're going to do a lasagna, you have to have an Italian wine in there. Hmm. Yeah. (laughs) So Uh, you can get a nice, nice Pinot Grigio in there, Casey. I'm thinking, I'm thinking, you know, something like, uh, uh, I don't know. I think Coasterone is actually French, but uh, you know I can't think of a non. As soon as you said Italian, I was like, I can't think of anything non-French. I'm just Chianti. saying you, you're saying we should stick to red red wine. Mm-hmm. Everybody, take a drink. Okay. I'm telling right. you, we need to Instagram out the bingo card situation, like the right. drinking game. Well, uh, speaking of uh, craft companies that have sold to Heineken recently, we need to kick <laughs> it to our topic. On Heineken. Been up that truck. Cheeky bastards. Been up that truck. Been up that truck. Been up that truck. That's that's highly that's, debatable right now. I don't know. It's a little true if you're talking about Heineken, though. Yeah. No, 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 Some no, of no, us the, aren't drinking to style tonight because they can't leave the house. Anyway, the Heineken company. <laughs> we bought a 24-ounce tall boy. So. <laughs> God. No, no. Casey, that's not what we had taped to our hands. It was uh, nope. Sapporo and 
Corona? Was it Corona? It might have been. Anyway, the Heineken Company was founded in 1864 when 22-year-old Gerard Adrian Heineken bought a brewery known as De Hulberg, the Haystack, in Amsterdam. Mm, and you often look through history at the age of people do things and start thinking, oh, they did that at when? What have I done with my life? Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm yeah. sitting here like, God, I'm I'm sweaty and stinky and unshaven do, at do 35. Do not. Do not, if you want to feel good about yourself, read Theodore Roosevelt's biography. I already oh. know not to do yeah. that. Uh, I know. Uh, he, what old, how old was he when he went into the Spanish-American War? Uh, he was because he wanted in his thirties when he engineered a war so he could go fight in one. Because he wanted to kill men. That was like his blood. Like he had a trophy room and looked around and was like, "I want to hunt man. How can I <laughs> legally do that if war was declared?" And he's like, "We'll get war declared." It's like, burr, burr. "What's that sound? I made war declared." Anyway, <laughs> you just heard. Burr, 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 burr. Like anyway. Hulk Hogan comes out of nowhere playing air guitar. I am a real American. Nope, nope. nope. Suicide like drops don't melt still beams. Anyway, in 1869, Heineken switched to using bottom fermenting yeast. Uh, and in 1873, the brewery's name changed to Heineken. Oh boy. Uh, <laughs> Heineken's Bierbrüder Machenstipp. Yeah, HBM. You know what? For those who are new, um, <laughs> I just have to put out there. We suck at other languages. And we do very little prep when it comes to trying to pronounce them. <laughs> yeah, we apologize now. When you're hearing this, it's the first time we're laying eyes on it. Usually. Well, no, it's to not the degree. first time I'm laying eyes on it. It's but... just that we haven't run it through Google Translate. <laughs> yeah. So the the beer brewery is what that is. But the I'm guessing that means Matt Shappy. Matt <laughs> Shappy. My chappy, my chapo. Sure. I don't know what two A's next to each other mean. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why you're ending with an I and a J. Um. Anyway, they opened also opened a second brewery in Rotterdam, uh, in 1874. Uh, in 1886, Doctor H. Elon, Elian. We'll go with Elian. Uh, pupil of French alchemist Louis Pasteur, because sure, why not? Uh, developed the Heineken A yeast in, oh, pardon, in the Heineken laboratory. The yeast is still a key ingredient in the Heineken beer. I like to imagine they've just they just been keeping that same yeast alive. Probably have since. Yeah, I mean that's that's not outside the realm of possibility. I just imagine they're doing their best to make sure it does not change. I like to imagine on that uh, famous New Belgian uh, bike ride, he tried to steal some of that yeast <laughs> when he's just. Biking through, biking through Europe, just going. Oh, grab some of that yeast. Grab Stealing some of that. yeast. <laughs> I'm going to start a brewery when I get home. As, I, as you do, he's dressed like the Hamburglar in my mind. <laughs> What's his name? That did the? What is it? Does anyone remember off the top of their head? No, I do Who not. Did the bike ride oh, that started no. in New Belgium? God, uh, that is it for now. I need a picture of him dressed as the Hamburglar, hamburglar. riding the fat tire bike <laughs> through. <laughs> Through Belgium, stealing yeast. Uh, anyway, in Heineken's early years, away. the beer won four awards. Only four. Never anymore. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, the Medal d'Or, or gold medal, and the uh, International Maritime Exhibition. 
the International Exhibition of Marine and River Industries in Paris in uh, May 1875. Sure. The Diplôme uh, Dover, the honorary diploma at the International Colonial Ex uh, Exposition in Amsterdam in 1883. Man, that just... Is there anything that sounds more 19th century than the International <laughs> Colonial Exposition? Just rolls off the tongue, doesn't it? It's just like, oh, oh, how white are we? Pompous plumes start sprouting from whatever you're wearing on your head. Uh, and then there is the Grand Prix, the Grand Prize, at the Exposition Universelle in Paris in uh, 1889, and the Oak. Uh, the Au Concours Membre de Jury in Paris in 1900. They don't give me an explanation for that one. I don't know what that what that means. Anyway, the founder's son. Uh, uh, it says Henry Pierre Heineken. I imagine it would be Henri. Yeah. Uh, managed the company from 1917 to 1940, and he uh, continued involvement with the company until 1951. During his tenure, Heineken developed a technique to maintain consistent beer quality during large-scale production, which is trickier than it sounds back then. Uh, apparently now you can just put in a thing and it says, hey, boop, boop, beep, these are the numbers you need. Hmm. Casey, how close am I to being accurate? Close enough. Okay. <laughs> no, I was just looking up the... Uh... Is to see if you could actually buy Heineken's yeast strain. I would bet not. They they used to apparently provide it their A yeast. They used to provide it to a lot of different breweries. Um, but now I don't know if you can get on the homebrew level or not. Mm. All right. Well, um, let's see. Uh, after World War One, the company focused more and more on exports. Three days after Prohibition, uh, Prohibition ended in the U.S., the first Heineken shipments landed in New York. They were ready. <laughs> uh, from that day on, Heineken remained as one of the most successful imported beers, uh, beer brands in the, in the U.S. Uh, uh, Henri Pierre's son, Alfred uh, Henry Freddy Heineken, uh, started working the company in 1940. And in 1971, was appointed chairman of the executive board. He's a powerful force behind the Heineken's continued global expansion. And while he retired from the executive board in 1989, he maintained involvement with the company until his death in 2002. I just, I can't help but Damn, go. Damn, he went a while, didn't he? <laughs> I, yeah. I want to go to the, the, the Disney joke. Old, old Bob Heineken. <laughs> <laughs> Got to be a Bob or a Kevin in, in the Disney world. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, during this period, uh, Heineken tried to increase the stock price by purchasing the uh, competing breweries and closing them <laughs> down. You know, good old, good old, old Bob Heineken. <laughs> that old chestnut. Look, again, the Disney parallels are not, uh, not <laughs> lessening. Uh, let's see. After World War One, many small breweries were bought or closed. In uh, 1968, Heineken merged with its biggest competitor, Amstel, and in 1975, opened the new brewery in that word, Solterwood. <laughs> it's the best we're gonna get. That burp is probably closer to my to the pronunciation than I was. Uh, anyway, the Amstel brewery was closed in 1980, and its production moved to Solterwood and. Den Brosch. Den Bush. Uh, okay, sorry. And uh, November 9th, uh, 1983, 
Freddie Heineken, chairman of the board uh, at the time and CEO of uh, Heineken International, uh, was one of the richest people in the Netherlands. And uh, him and his driver, A.B. Dodder, were kidnapped in Amsterdam. So wait, no, this is two two big beer barons at around, so this is 1983, so it would have been, how close is this to the Coors thing? Because the mm. the heir to the Coors uh, fortune and like everything was kidnapped. And I'm pretty sure- That was sure, in 1960. So era, like 20 years apart that you have two big beer baron heirs kidnapped. Well, he Only wasn't- the, the core is rather tragic. Point. He wasn't even heir at that point. He was the Baron. He was the dude. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they were uh, they were released on a ransom of thirty five million Dutch guilders. About uh, <laughs> Dutch guilders. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah about fifteen point seven million. <laughs> uh, I think that's that's uh, Great British pound sterling. Yes. But I'm not. Uh, you are correct. Okay. Uh, on thirtieth uh, of November. Uh, the kidnappers, Cor van Hout, uh, William Hollenier, uh, Jan Bolendar, Franz Meyer, Martin Erkamps, uh, were eventually. <laughs> Erkamps. Uh, they were eventually caught and served prison terms. Uh, but before being extradited, van Hout and Hollenier uh, stayed more than three years in France. First on the run, then in prison, <laughs> then awaiting the change of extradition treaty, then under house arrest, and finally in prison again. Uh, Meyer escaped and lived in Paraguay for years until he was discovered by uh, Peter R. Devers and then imprisoned there. And in 2003, Myers stopped resisting the extradition to the Netherlands and was transferred to a Dutch prison to serve the last part of his term. That's in 2003. 2003. <laughs> what? <laughs> the kidnapping and subsequent trials drew uh, national attention and received broad media coverage. Several books were published on the kidnappings and two movies were made. I don't we think they were English speaking these ones. movies. So I, I want to say, I want an off the record say, Taken is based off of one of these. <laughs> <laughs> uh, several of the kidnappers became well known figures in Dutch organized crime, which is a thing. <laughs> Dutch organized crime. <laughs> Look, in the 1800s, that was a completely different thing as to now. <laughs> Chris, this was in 1983. Yeah. I'm saying Dutch organized crime. A thing in the 17 and 1800s. Today, oh, yeah, it's like yeah. a pathetic thing. Then it was like a nightmare in the Congo. <laughs> no, I'm yeah. sure. I'm sure it doesn't feel like a pathetic thing when you're being tied to a windmill. Uh, instead and of being drawn and quartered, you're, you're. Anyway, shortly after his release, Van Hout was jailed once again, this time for four years. Uh, for his role in, dr in a drug smuggling ring. Sure. 2003, a year after being freed for a second time, he was killed in an underground, an underworld shooting in Amsterdam and had a mafia-style funeral with a white hearse pulled by eight uh, Frisian horses leading a procession of 15 <laughs> white limousines. What, what the hell? <laughs> Where do you find 15 white limousines in a, in a uh, country like that? Uh, what? Okay, I have a new pitch. <laughs> <laughs> so 
if Netflix is smart, <laughs> Netflix or Amazon Prime, I think either one could do. Get honestly. the guys who did uh, Tiger King and Fire. <laughs> okay, potentially to, yes, but to do this, I'm thinking like a, a somewhat, almost like the History Channel specials of the stuff that they do, where they kind of reenact it in a dramatic way, but like not in a dumb like they're there's the you know narrator that. over no, it. No voice, burn it down. No, no voicing. That's my oh, line. Okay. You okay. can you can have them there at least showing what they would look like. Yeah. No one can speak. Right. That's what and that's what they do on like the History Channel. Like they not you know, anymore. So, well, when <laughs> History Channel was history instead of just ancient aliens. And then um, I'm the History Channel now has Hitler was in league with aliens. Right. And right. Really weird crap. But anyway, mm-hmm. I, so the the point is, one of these networks needs to pick up this mini series of like. Of of like I don't know what to call it like the alcohol something or because you've got the Robert Mandalby stuff you've got the Coors stuff you got the um now the, the Heineken stuff like holy crap you like is each episode could be this crazy stuff of just like reenactments and like crazy like mafia I mean it, it it's got to be a mini series you can't do anything else about it <laughs> all right well uh, let's talk a little bit that's that, that's some history let's get into some what's going on today with the part acquisition of Scottish and Newcastle in 2007-2008 Heineken became the third largest brewer based on revenues behind the Belgian Brazilian ABN Bev might ring some bells (laughs) and the British South American Saab Miller since the merger between Anheuser-Busch InBev and Saab Miller in October 2016 Heineken has been the second largest brewer in the world yeah when 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 two of the biggest dogs decided to become Uber dog you you know you're they didn't change size. The other one just became like mm. one Voltron up. The other one stood there going, oh, man, that's real cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> On uh, April 18th, 2007, the European Commission fined Heineken uh, 219.3 million euros. Uh, Grolsch, 31.65 million. And Bavaria, 22.85 million for operating a price-fixing cartel in the Netherlands, totaling 273.7 million euros. MBEV, formerly uh, Interbrew, escaped without a penalty because it provided decisive information about the cartel, which operated between 1996 and 1999, which means they were a part of it, but they were the rat. That, look, that just means Heineken looked over at uh, AB MBEV and went, snitches get stitches. <laughs> and AB MBEV went, <laughs> so gonna brewer- use that gonna use that savings they lost they didn't have to spend in fines to buy Saab Miller. Yeah, pretty Wait, much. A- Bob's not gonna get this, but AB Bev was the Peter Pettigrew here. Anybody who's watched Harry Potter, sorry. <laughs> I was I gonna say it. like I I I, I get it. I don't Potter. want it. I don't want whatever. That. That, that's a bad reference. Uh the brewers controlled ninety five percent of the Dutch market with Heineken claiming a half and three others, fifteen percent each. Someone was on top of that. Uh, Nellie Crows said uh, she was very disappointed, and the collusion took place at the very highest boardroom level. She added Heineken, Grolsch, Bavaria, and Imbev tried to cover their tracks by using code names and abbreviations for secret meetings and carve up the market for beers sold to supermarkets, hotels, restaurants, and cafes. The price fixing extended to cheaper own-brand labels, and uh, rebates for bars. Mm. We've seen some of that here in the U.S. 
2004, Heineken and Cronenberg, then part of Scottish and Newcastle. I didn't know Cronenberg was... Hmm. It's Cronenberg's, Marty. <laughs> well, no, that was a big beer brand that when we were in Scotland, you could find. Like, yeah, I know, but I, I just... Uh, the two dominant brewers in France were fined uh, 2.5 million euros with the penalty reduced for cooperating. This is simply <laughs> unacceptable, the major beer supplier colluded uh, to up prices and to carve up markets among themselves. Wow. On uh, January 12th, 2010, Heineken International successfully bought the brewery division of Mexican giant FEMSA? F-E-M-S-A. Uh, also merged with the company, expanding its reach throughout Latin America. The company will sell its products there through FEMSA, which is the largest bottler and uh, brewery in all of Latin America and maker of such brands as Del Secchi's, Bohemian, and Soul. Uh, Soul had some big reaching back. Uh, we brought them up. Well, there was another episode they came up. We're talking they about had it. some. Uh, they actually had untapped badges at one point. Yeah. Uh, so FEMSA now owns twenty percent of Heineken uh, NV after the early twenty ten all stock deal, becoming its largest single shareholder after Dutch families, the Heineken family and Hoyer family, uh, who owns twenty five point eighty three percent, and public shareholders own fifty four point seventeen percent. The FEMSA acquisition is expected to keep Heineken in its strong position by growing its market share in the Latin American markets. FEMSA has a massive distribution network and owns Mexico's largest convenience store chain, OXXO. That just looks like a booby bar. I'm 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 sure, uh, well, like, what is it? Hug, kiss, kiss, hug. No. Is, uh, <laughs> like I said, it looks like a booby bar. I honestly looked at it and thought of that that brand that makes all the amazing kitchen gadgets. Oxo. Oxo. There's one extra X. <laughs> well, um, this uh, this establishment has thousands of locations throughout the country, and I'm, it's one of those things, though. I'm sure that because I don't speak Spanish, right, I don't right. understand the abbreviation. Yeah, that's probably part of it for all of us. <laughs> I speak um, some German poorly. FEMSA also owns 47.9% of Coca-Cola's Mexican operations. I thought Ooh. you were doing a Jar Jar Binks voice when you said FEMSA. FEMSA owns? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, it hurts. Uh, wow. Okay. Well, hmm, that makes sense with the distribution thing because you think of, like the Mexican Coke is like everywhere now. <laughs> Like they own forty seven point nine percent. Coca Cola only owns twenty eight point one percent of the company. Oh, God. <laughs> wow! And the rest, Latin America. Yeah, and the rest is traded on the stock exchange. Oh wow! I was surprised by that. The brands, um, like the Mexican brands, the Heineken owns because I I like Dos Equis Amber actually. <laughs> so I, I was like, Dos, oh, well, Dos Equis okay. Amber is solid beer. Uh, in September 2014, it was announced that Heineken would sell its Mexican packaging business, uh, Empaque, to Crown for $1.23 billion. Uh, also during that month, Heineken revealed it was in talks to sell its Czech operations to Molson Coors. On September 10th, 2015, <laughs> Heineken International announced it would acquire a 50% stake in Lagunitas Brewing Company in Petaluma, California, as part of an effort to allow Lagunitas to expand its operations globally. 
As part of the deal, Lagunitas would no longer be considered a craft brewer as the Heineken stake is greater than 25%. Well, yeah, but yeah. the Heineken owners went, I like money. <laughs> Basically. Uh, in t- January 2017, quite recently, <laughs> Heineken announced it was in negotiations to buy the Kirin Company's 12 breweries in Brazil. They're the not following buying month, Kirin. They're yeah, just, just buying those companies. Their breweries. Uh, the following month, Heineken closed the deal and bought Brazil Kirin for seven hundred million dollars. So that, does that this feels like a steal? Yeah, honestly. that's for twelve, like twelve does, companies. Hear me out on this. Does this absolve New Belgium of so Kirin bought New Belgium, and the big uh, the big stink about this has been uh, Kirin is directly involved with what government that has been performing genocide? Armenian. The Armenian. The, yeah, they were involved in the Armenian genocide. So does this? absolve some of that possibly because new belgium has been like oh no like our our integrity is intact with this sale and blah 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 we still stand for what we stand for and everyone goes "Uh, your sales directly fund people involved in the armenian genocide Hmm. i don't think this factors into that i I don't know if it does i don't know well outside of that heineken funded people that but whatever it's all sure like very... genocide. Yes. Okay. Huh, okay. So, <laughs> after previously acquiring fifty percent of Lagunitas, uh, Heineken announced on May fourth, two thousand seventeen, it would be pur- purchasing the remaining fifty percent, making it the sole owner of Lagunitas. In June two thousand eighteen, Heineken named Maggie Timoni as the CEO of Heineken USA, making her the first woman to become a CEO of a major U.S. beer supplier. So, yay them, I guess. Um, Myanmar genocide, by the way. Oh, Myanmar. Myanmar. Okay. okay. Why do we keep saying Armenian? Because know. Armenian um, genocide is 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 in is Turkey. Just it, as, it was a thing. Just yeah. as obscure. <laughs> um. So Heineken Lager beer is the flagship product of the company. It's a five percent ABV pale lager. Yes, we we got the can the, there. The star um, that you're used to seeing. <laughs> that was first made in 1868. It's brewed by 40 breweries in 39 countries around the world. In 2006, 2.58 billion liters of Heineken was produced. Since 1975, most most Heineken beer is brewed in the Heineken brewery in Zuterud, Netherlands. How many ballast points? Uh, quite a few, turned out. Uh, um, even more if we're going by current valuation of ballast points. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's no, true. we're going by top market valuation of ballast oh. points. <laughs> oh, oh. Uh, yeah, I mean, on the one hand, like when I think back to all this, they they, they in a in a time when everyone is like, oh, we we do ales. This is this is, you know, we're Dutch. We make ales. They went mm-hmm. make loggers. So good on them for them. But that was. Yeah, the nineteenth century. Please make different beer. Please make <laughs> beer that's not out. That's not non-alcoholic. Look, soccer hooligans need beer too. That's soccer what um, need beer too. That's what I Carlsberg meant, is. Please make beer not non-alcoholic beer. Carlsberg is significantly better than Heineken. I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, they're caverns at the very least. That's Carlsbad. I have my own allegiances. <laughs> that's yeah. that's... Uh, anyway. So. Um, Get into some, while we're talking of brands, brands that you'll recognize in the U.S. Uh, of, of Heineken's. 
So the first is Amstel. The Amstel Brewery was founded in 1870 in Amsterdam. It was taken over by Heineken in 1968. That's that's quite a different uh, distance in years there. The brewery. Well, by that you know World War II had happened. Yeah, they were yeah. they were in the about to close. They went. Uh-huh. So no, stuff happened. Uh, the brewing plant closed down in 1972, with production moving to the main Heineken plant at that word that we can't pronounce. Heineken offered uh, offers several beers under the Amstel brand. Amstel Lager uses predominantly Pilsner malt, although some Vienna malt is also used. It's sold in 75 countries. Uh, Amstel Light is a three and a half percent ABV pale lager. Amstel 1870, which I've never heard of before, the slightly dark 5% ABV lager. In France, a beer called Amstel Free with minimal alcohol content, about 1% ABV, is produced. 1%. So I, I, can't 1%. Think of, I can't think of Amstel without thinking about my time bartending at Red Lobster because. It's got to be the most popular thing ordered, right? No. Really? No one drank Amstel Light. Oh. No, no oh, one. Oh, you know what? Ever... I'm thinking. I'm thinking of Stella. Yes. <laughs> I ordered, I, I got many Stellas. No one ordered Amstel Light. Casey ordered one. And I had to make sure I didn't give him one that was like 90 years old. <laughs> because try as I might, you can't convince other bartenders to rotate stock. <laughs> that's, that's unfortunate. <sighs> I mean, they own other things, though. Yes. That's true. So they have Murphy's. Uh, Murphy's Brewery was founded in Cork, Ireland in 1856. It was known as Lady well, Ladies Well Brewery until it was purchased by Heineken in 1983. When that purchase went through, the name changed to Murphy Heineken Brewery Ireland Limited. The two most notable brands are Murphy's Irish Stout at 4.3%, an Irish Stout style beer, and a Murphy's Irish Red, which is a 5% Irish Red style beer. They also own DB Breweries, an Asia-Pacific breweries uh, acquired DB Breweries in 2004, which in turn was bought out by Heineken International in 2012. The company mainly produces a pale lager, while its Tui Brands is one of the better-known beers in New Zealand, partially due to strong advertising, as many of these lagers are, are known for. Yeah, I saw that one, and it was like, man... I, I want to try that at the very least. I know I'd be funding Heineken, but I know nothing about New Zealand beer. Hmm. Yeah. They have Red Stripe. Hooray beer! The, the Jamaican beer that Jamaicans won't drink. <laughs> right. no, one, no one should drink. Honestly. They'd rather have the Guinness. Mm-hmm. Uh, Red Stripe is a 4.7% ABV pale lager brewed by Desnoas and Gettys in Jamaica. It was the first introduced in 1928 from a recipe developed by Paul H. Geddes and Bill Martindale. Geddes. Bill Al- Martindale sounds familiar. I don't know why. Martindale is... There's another Martindale that does something. Geddes sounded familiar at first until I just remembered Alice Geddes Lloyd. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that was the middle name there. That was- uh, <laughs> it is brewed under license in the UK and USA. In 1993, Guinness Brewing Worldwide, now Diageo, acquired a controlling interest in Desnos and Gettys and took over international distribution in many markets. 2015, Heineken acquired Diageo's stake and stated it would launch an offer for the shares it did not own. They also have Newcastle Brown. 
So Newcastle Brown Ale is a brown ale, of course, originally Ugh. produced by N- Newcastle upon Tyne, but now brewed by Heineken at the John Smith's Brewery in Tagcaster, New North Yorkshire, and also an export at the Zoterwood Brewery in the Netherlands. And I think Chris is the only one who didn't have to try to say Zoterwood. I was going to say, I'm looking this up right now. <laughs> I can't hear, I can't hear that name still. <laughs> because no, I drink a, no the Newcastle. Yeah, Newcastle. Yeah, no, I because that New Year's Eve that I drank an entire mini keg of it. <laughs> I smoked a lot of stuff and drank other things, but either way, that was the primary primary thing I associated with that like three day hangover in which I was throwing up bile, <sighs> bright <laughs> neon thick liquid onto people's yards where there's still bare patches of grass. Grass will not grow where I puked. Okay, <laughs> uh, I think I found... I don't know if it's going to capture this audio, but I have to play it just to hear it. Fingers crossed. Not even kind of close. Did you, did didn't you even that? hear it. Okay. okay. Uh, Suta Valda. is how you say that word. Holy Suta crap. Valda. No, not even a little bit. Not even a little Suta bit. Valda. Okay. Suta Valda. Suta Valda. Okay. Launched, <laughs> launched in 1927 by C- Colonel Jim Porter after three years of. <laughs> 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 after three years of development, the 1960 merger of Newcastle Breweries with Scottish Brewers afforded the beer national distribution and sales. What? For the beer national distribution. I don't know. They peaked in the United Kingdom during the 1970s. The brand underwent a resurgence in the late 1980s and then early 1990s with student unions selling the brand. So it became, of course, Chris, a a college beer at that point. (laughs) About right. (laughs) By, (laughs) By the late 1990s, the beer was the most widely distributed alcoholic product in the UK. By the 2000s, the majority of sales were in the United States. Even they couldn't uh, wanted to get rid of it. They're just like, no, we're we're good. <laughs> Although it still does sell 100 million bottles annually in the UK. Brewery moved in 2005 from Newcastle to Dunstan, Tyne, and Ware. In 2010 to Tadcaster, and in 2017 to the Heineken Brewery in Zosterwalde. 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 In the Netherlands. <laughs> As of March 2019, the brand is brewed by Lagunitas in Petaluma, California, and Chicago, Illinois. That I did That's not. That's weird. Yeah, I didn't yeah. know that at all. Wow. All right. So, well, and that's one of the things because uh, is it Newcastle? I think it's Newcastle that supposedly brewed. Traditionally, it was two different beers that they brewed and then blended. Mm-hmm. And. Uh, I think they brewed it through, and they brewed it and filtered it through white tank top shirts. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna have to Newcastle brewed drunken football fans. <laughs> it's 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 brewed the water distilled from the sweat of of <laughs> football hooligans. Hmm. I have to look up. Uh, Look up some more and see on that one. Lagunitas Brewing Company, of course. They 
were bought out, as we learned earlier. Founded in 1993 in Lagunitas, California, it's a sub- subsidiary now of Heineken International. Before Heineken purchased a 50% share in the company in 2015, Lagunitas was considered a crap brewery. However, in 2013, it ranked as the fifth top-selling craft brewery in the United States. Heineken purchased the remainder of the company in 2017. We'll probably delve deeper into all these breweries somewhere down the line, though. I can see a Lagunitas episode definitely in our future. Yeah, we haven't. We haven't talked about Lagunitas, and I'm really surprised. I think, like, as I was as I was like working through some of the episode, I got to that point. I was like, we've we've not done Lagunitas. I think they yeah. need to be our 420 special for next year. Oh, damn. Unless we want to weasel them in for this year, there's still time. There's Is Lagunitas our now. next episode? I, we'll find out. Tune in next time. <laughs> Tune in next time to find out. <laughs> same drunk time. Same drunk channel. <laughs> Why is that not our catchphrase? (laughs) Why don't we have this? (laughs) Why don't we plan things while drunk? Well, (laughs) usually things don't get done. We answered the question. We just get drunk, eat snacks, and go, all right, we'll talk about this tomorrow. (laughs) Next time on Dragon Ball Drink. (laughs) Curtis is. Ah, sorry. (laughs) Curtis in the chat brought that up, and that's fantastic. I swear, sometimes I wish we just did actual, like, titles for the for the show like uh yeah all right well you know what we do 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 we do do what we're drinking drink with me friend all oh right. boy okay uh <laughs> let's uh let's start at the top here i was like and... so chris and i both started out with the same beers uh yeah. unintentionally at first no yours was a different one Oh, which one did you get? I thought you had the same one. I had the regular. I started with the Brass Monkey. So as we're we're touting right now, uh, all your local breweries are in desperate need of attention. So if you are into craft beer at all, go to your local craft breweries. They need your business right now. If you're able to leave the house. If you're able to leave the house, it is do or die for a lot of these breweries that who they depend on these tap sales. Some of them are doing growlers, howler fills, go get a growler or howler. If they're doing can sales, go buy cans. If you can order it on the internet, do it. They need the business. They are relying on you right now. Go get it. So we started with uh, local Listerman. I had Brass Monkey and I think Brittany had, I had Brass Monkey Junkie, which was a mango pineapple version. Uh, which tasted like pineapple juice. Um, it was delicious, first of all. And They're then, uh, New England style, both of them. And then we transitioned into... The, the actual Heineken. The Heineken 24-ouncer, which we split. And I was I was about to be like, wow, the Heineken is so much less skunky than I remember. And it's, it's because an, we got the can, not the green mm-hmm. bottle. Because the last time we had it yeah. was out of the bottle, and it was just like skunk ass. Yeah. It was awful. But the if you get it out of the can, it tastes... I mean, it doesn't taste good. In the context... Of what you're drinking, <laughs> it tastes good, um, you know, because it's a can. Uh, <laughs> but then, okay, so and then you've moved on to one we actually had the last uh, last episode. Last episode we had the Flying Dog uh, Bitchin' Brunch Pack, and which I was to, one of the best packs we've had. Not one of. Period. I think we decided it was the best variety pack we've ever had. <laughs> Although we did add on to it, we got the the Irish coffee stout yes if you can find uh, which is not dog. in the pack but we added on and yes. i think it really because should it be in the pack same, it was after saint right after saint patrick's day so we yeah. decided to bookend it true. so that was that was probably one of our best beers 
I'm calling it my best beer of the year right now. I'm waiting for a beer to dethrone it. Yeah. But what came close for me was the Bloody Mary Ale, which I think Casey might remember because this came up in another pack we all had together years ago in the oh, Spicer no, or the not Pepper that. Pack. <laughs> you monster. It made a return. This beer has made another return in the Bitchin' Brunch Pack. And it ta- it's uncanny. It is spot on. It I, tastes have, just like a Bloody like we Mary. We agree. Like, does and taste I were not, just like a... Yeah, like... We, we're not fans of it, but at the same time, I'm like, you gotta give him credit because it's I, on point on the taste. I'm a fan. <laughs> I can't I like it. I, that's I, why I was like, no, I'm drinking this bad boy all to myself. And we actually had two of the other beers for our brunch earlier today. I think I had the. We mimosa. actually made brunch, and I had I had the uh, the one that tastes like cinnamon toast crunch. And I had the mimosa one earlier, and then we, that means we still have the, uh, the Cujo coffee yeah. porter. In the fridge. Or, oh might, yeah, it was a porter. Wasn't that it? might be uh, for breakfast tomorrow, actually. So. <laughs> Uh, that was such a good pack. That, that pack that anyone oh, that who pack could wasn't really good. If you hear that, so it was getting close on date when we got it. Yeah. If you can find, if you're in the Flying Dog Distro and you can find that pack and you see it, grab it. Worth it. You will gobble up every I, single beer it, in that. Every bit so of it good. was good, and yeah. I still can't get over how much the t- the 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 one what was it actually called? Um, something. It was a SpongeBob reference oh, to the, the name. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh. Uh, 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 something Crunch Pants. Something yeah. Crunch Pants. Yeah, something but, Toast Crunch Pants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but Toast it, Bob Crunch Pants. Toast yes. Bob Crunch Pants. Thank you. Uh, and it genuinely tasted like CT Crunch. It's that was it the, was insanity. So it didn't up front, but it's like as, as soon as you took a drink, it felt like you just chewed a mouthful of Cinnamon Toast Crunch. You're yeah. Like, oh my god. You're like, what just happened? <laughs> Uh, also, Curtis, where on earth did you get the Hearthstone Stein uh, emotes? Because I need those. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, well, well, we wait on that answer. Hold on. <laughs> Let's keep moving on down, Casey. Uh, what do you, or, or who are we going to? Casey or Bob? Casey, go ahead. Casey. Um, I couldn't find a Heineken featured cocktail, so I made up one. <laughs> well, um, fair enough. I call it the My Heineken. <laughs> I like that. My Heineken. <laughs> It is two ounces of Mai Tai mix, just like your, I don't know, Mr. and Mrs. T makes a pretty good one. Um, so two ounces of Mai Tai mix, an ounce of Grand Marnier, um, four ounces of Heineken, and three ounces of Sprite ginger. Um, you can use whatever Sprite you got, but I've got this and I'm trying to get rid of it. I didn't know it existed. <laughs> yeah, it's one of the new flavors that they just came out with. Why, 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 do, you different, why do you make different flavors of Sprite? Look at look at that can go. What'd you garnish with? Uh, orange mandarin orange wheel. Oh, okay, Ooh. fine. <laughs> you Fancy you are allowed one garnish per drink. That is my hard and fast rule. If you do more than that, you are a monster. I mean, I can't put a cheeseburger on this bad boy. <laughs> I will end you. Olives, pickles, and cheeseburgers. Come on. I I am. You're lucky there's a doctor's order keeping me away from you. <laughs> that's right. That's 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 the one. Um, I am quite surprised at how good it worked out. <laughs> that's um, let me let me let me see what's in the my time mix. Like what the flavor is. Uh, Look, I pineapple juice, am... grenadine, and. Possibly like having, orange juice. I like having my bar right here at this new setup. It's like, <laughs> so I miss that we didn't have Casey on when we did our Centauri episode, mm. and we all, uh, well, here we did uh, the Gen Roku Gin Japanese 
botanical mm. gin. Yeah. And that's like, we could come up with a good cocktail. We're just kind of shooting from the hip and we make kind of crap. Mm. I would have loved to have seen what you made. We stole the syrup from, from that episode, I think, mm. actually. <laughs> so it's got um, the fruitiness to it, it looks like, and then almond. So, um, like an almond, it would be orgeat syrup normally. So they've added that flavor in there as well. But uh, make your own mata mix if you don't want to use the straight out. You need to check out the Mr. and Mrs. T website, by the way. Um, Bob, here's if you're so upset over garnish. <laughs> you said Mr. and Mrs. T, so I'm immediately going to be disappointed in whatever. <laughs> if it's not, if it's not <laughs> Mr. T. Okay, hold on. I've been sent a link, and I feel like I'm about to become angry. Yep, yep, I'm real angry. <laughs> Is it not Mr. T wearing an apron? Then, uh, like it, like he's um, Mrs. Butter. Look, there's a there's a clam. Like there's a there's a Bloody Mary called a Surf and Turf Bloody Mary, and it seems as though the optional. At least they admit it's optional, but they show it here. Shrimp. Large green olives, roasted jalapenos, grilled thick bacon strip, beef rib, crab claw, celery for garnish. Too much. I just want all of that right now. That's, I know. Like, I don't... I kinda... You know You know what I want? Did you really just... You know what I want more of? Because I don't know what Chris is doing that Brittany is reacting to. Sorry. <laughs> You're fine. Say, what are uh, you I, drinking, Bob? I want more of this beer than I'm about to finish. Uh, I've got uh, something from, uh, it's called Abstract Technicality from Phase 3. Uh, yeah. Our, our uh, buddy uh, Smoke uh, brought it down at a line share to, to give to me as trade for some beer I had. It's rare <laughs> I have beer that I can give someone. That stuff was pretty good. We, we had some of that, too. So Yeah, yeah. he brought it to, to everyone. He's a friend of the show, and... Uh, I, I've got a bit here. It's a double IPA. Uh, it's 8% uh, ABV. I don't really have an IBU on it in front of me, but it has, an, uh, has a beer advocate score of 90. Let, let, it, me just, let me just get a drink of this Bloody Mary beer real quick. I, oh God. I had to get my proper garnishes on. <sighs> Is there a... There a whole biscuit on that thing? <laughs> yeah, it was the leftover brunch. <laughs> I got a couple slices of bacon, <laughs> whole biscuit. Mm, it really, it really sets off the flavor. How I, I want a Bloody <laughs> Mary right now. Ew is the correct response. Also, uh, anyway. I'm sad because I can't find that emote. But anyway, <laughs> sorry. Anyway, uh, this is a delightful sort of hazy. IPA. I've I've gotten through just about all of it uh, through mm. the whole episode. Yeah, it's one of the 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 tall, not quite the tall boy cans, but uh, they're it, it, it's a substantial amount. Yeah, it it strikes. It's a sixteen ounce can, but it, it strikes a nice balance between um, between hoppy with a little bit of sweetness to kind of kind of help help ease you through everything if you're if you're not used to to things being too hoppy. Although that said, my taste buds are are so different from where we started this so i i can't tell anymore but it is delicious it's got um well they have a list here some of the citra of the the hops here but it's got citra trident and galaxy and i can i don't i can't pick i can't pick trident out of a police lineup but i can find citra and galaxy okay. yeah uh so here's i just made a beer with trident hops um, is, is it is it a good hop 
Uh, okay, so, there's no bad hop, but tell me. <laughs> well, <laughs> let me put it this way: Trident, Trident is not a hop. Okay. Oh. It is an ever-changing blend of hops that they've used to oh. keep prices down. Oh, nice. it's 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 the it's the cuvee of hops. It's so they it's say perfect for Bob. <laughs> they say it is um, every year the the blend changes, and um, this year's blend is three unique Pacific Northwest hop grown varieties. They don't tell you what those are, but it's supposed to be fruity, citrusy, tropical, and passion fruity. Um, this and one. It, this one, when you check in on Untapped, has passion fruity, and and for once, passion fruit shows up as a as a as a taste that I can distinguish, and it doesn't taste like pineapple. <laughs> yeah. So um, let's see. So they have ten varieties that they use to blend this blend, but this year it's like three different varieties in one, and. It, it was built so that Citra's $40 a pound, it seems like right now in some places. Um, Galaxy, when you can find it, it's 60, 20, $40 to $60 a pound. This one ends up being like $8, $9 a pound. Yeah. Oh, well, wow. like Galaxy and uh, Citra had big years the last few few years, but uh, I don't think they're there. Now, now they know they can charge more for it, basically. Yeah, let me see. I may be able to even pop in right now and see what what prices are going for and continue. This, I was going to say this, this, this hop, uh, hop price check come, uh, and brought into you, brought to you by one Casey price. But no, this, this has been a delightful mix of, uh, of just everything. It's, it's, it's so good. It, yeah. It's a very well balanced beer. Definitely that. Yeah. Our, we, we drink our, we will be, we, we kind of split it. It was what, yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. I have been trying uh, so to like savor this the whole episode. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's good. <clears throat> Not as good as this Bloody Mary beer and this biscuit and bacon. <laughs> Listen, I'm wanting just a biscuit right now. French hops are now a thing. French hops. You they're, can get French hops. They're starting they're, to. Are these hops in. that are these hops that uh, are a bit morally ambiguous and maybe smoke a cigarette and just? Like, <laughs> I mean, such is life. Yeah, they smell vaguely of tobacco uh, and and arrogance. Gotta get that French terroir. Um, galaxy. It, but there's now like a half a slice of bacon that fell off. Just floating, floating in, in the. It's just gonna make the taste better. For a box, uh, a twenty kilo box, forty four pounds, twelve hundred and thirty two dollars for Galaxy. Oh my god. What is that? It hurts. <laughs> Galaxy is one of the most expensive hops, right? Uh, it's just rare right now, and so it's you know, it, with, as with everything, unless you you buy it on contract, um, you're not going to get it for less than what the the market's going for at that point. For all right, so that's actually fairly cheap. That's twenty eight dollars a pound. That's not horrible. Hmm. Um, where Holler Tower is going for ten dollars a pound. Oh, wow. So. All right. Well, I think this does it for uh, this episode. Um, as <laughs> just travesties are being committed. On, <laughs> as as some people left. are committing war crimes. It's yeah. delicious. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, well, 
You can subscribe, get some great resources at haveadrinkshow.com. Follow us at Have a Drink Show on social media and twitch.tv. And you can tell us your favorite drink, ask a question, or just leave some general feedback. Tell Chris that you shouldn't put that many garnishes, especially on a beer. You should ruin uh, the biscuit. Ruining biscuits, or perhaps using too much tongue during an episode recording. Uh, you can tell, uh, anyway, you can use the email address feedback at haveadrinkshow.com. Or you can use the feedback page on the website where you can tell me that, yes, I was about to read the whole thing over again. <laughs> <laughs> All joking and fun aside, guys, I'd like to remind everyone to please drink responsibly. Like everyone. Hey, guess what? We're all under uh, healthy at home or stay at home orders. So stay mm-hmm. at home and drink. <laughs> hey, yeah. look, I just found how to order from my favorite local brewery online. And they will deliver me crowlers, howlers, or can or bottles. So nice. Stay tuned for shipping from Broken Throne Brewery as well. Yes, uh, Casey. Hey, yeah. Give that uh, URL. Okay, second favorite brewery. <laughs> uh, no, I mean we'll we'll be probably rolling that out in the next like two weeks, three weeks, I would say. Um, but as soon as the governor signs it into law, we'll we'll be going straight into probably shipping and I, even I delivery. Have, I have mm-hmm. no idea how much it would cost to ship it to Curtis, but I bet you he'd like it. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, I can't tell you what you can do personally. You want to just get some and, and ship it without it being a business thing. Mm. Tune in later. We'll find out once we have answers. <laughs> we'll talk. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, uh, you can check us out again uh, in a couple of weeks for the next live episode. And uh, once again, I'm Brittany Lee Walker. I'm Justin Frazier. I'm Christopher Walker. And I'm Casey Price. We'll see you next time. Bye. Cheers, guys. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this broker. <laughs> <laughs>